Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the sixth edition of Now We're Talking. I'm your host, Dr. David Jack, Superintendent of Parker County Public Schools. Uh, we've got two very special guests with us today. Uh, Lauren Brill, who is a kindergarten teacher at uh, Pierce Elementary School, and Jen McIntyre, who is a fourth grade teacher at uh, Siena Ritchie Elementary School, uh, two opposite ends of the county representing, representing uh, the teacher workforce today. Uh, earlier in the year, we had brand new teachers. I think maybe even that was the first or second podcast. Um, today, we're, we've invited Jen and Lauren in, in to talk about uh, issues in, uh, impacting teachers um, relative to time, compensation, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, Lauren is the president of the Fauquier Education Association, and Jen is the Grand Poobah of the Mm -hmm. Advocating for Change. Is that your title? What is the official title that you have? Have you given yourself a title yet? Grand Poobah. Grand Poobah. Along with Sharon Mellon, uh, my coworker at Siena Ritchie, who can't be here today. Right. Apologies. We started the group. Yep. And they're, uh, they're doing an outstanding job promoting the needs of the teachers, advocating for better salaries for teachers, et cetera. And so we're, we're happy you're with us today. Thank you very much. Um, this is one of those topics, I guess, that, you know, some might look at it and saying, uh, if uh, assume we're taking some sort of political angle stance, but we're really not. We're just here to talk about teacher needs and meeting for the needs of our teachers and all, all of our staff members, basically. Um, so before I get started, as, as always, I want to thank our sponsors, Lee Sherbin Real Estate down in be- beautiful Bealton. Virginia Golden Rule Builders down in equally as beautiful Catlett, Virginia. The Fauquier Bank located all over Fauquier County. Uh, Special shout out to Joan Roach and Renita Land over at Fauquier Bank. Fauquier Springs Country Club uh, down off Spring Roads in the southern part of the county. Sean Polster, member of the uh, Warrington Town Council. And, of course, my favorite um, chicken sandwich place in all the world, Chick-fil-A mm-hmm. restaurant located in Warrington. Waiting for another location to open up in Warrington, Fauquier County. Don't you agree? 
That would be amazing. It's yes. always packed. Orlean, I think, is the next place it's coming into. Pepsi. Oh, and how could I forget? Thanks, Louis. Um, we're still waiting for that sponsorship to come through for Pepsi uh, and uh, who provide or actually produce my favorite soft drink diet, Dr. Pepper. So we no free sample yet from Chick-fil-A, but maybe if that happens, then maybe Pepsi will jump in and want to help out. You never know. Could be. All right. Segment two. This is the uh, uh, bucket O question segment. Now, you're going to pick a question out of this bucket, and you must answer whichever question you get. I'm super excited. Okay. Like, <laughs> I can yes. see the excitement <laughs> yes. in your eyes. Let's do this. Oh, by the way, also with us today, uh, Prashant Sresta. He is our assistant superintendent for business and planning. I believe I got it right. I got your title right. Thank you. Uh, Tara Halkowski is our PIO. And then, of course, the incomparable Lewis uh, McDonald, who is our technology director, but he also does this and uh, does an excellent job. They all do an excellent job. But anyway, here we go with the questions. Jen, you get to go first. I can't wait to be first with this. It's like being a kid in the classroom, waiting for the teacher to ask a question. Okay, to the listening audience, what is your favorite candy bar? It used to be Twix. Unfortunately for them, it is no more. It is now a take five. It is amazing. I recommend it for everybody. That's like a healthy candy bar. No, it's no, no. I've heard amazing things about Take five. It is. It's pretzels, chocolate. It's everything amazing. I'm better not, I'm not than, sending you Twix. any. Because Twix is a cookie and a candy bar. It's I, a, it's two for one. We're just going to up it up. Like, yeah, take up a notch. Up your game. I'm with you. I'm with you. Wonderful. All right. I guess it's my turn. All right. Let's see. What's a saying you say a lot? Wow. There are a lot of things that I say... Is it wow? It, no. I do say that a lot. Yes. <laughs> I like to say tomorrow's another day. Gone with the Wind is my favorite movie. I just love that phrase because tomorrow's are always new starts and new days. Yes. And it, that means a lot in education. And, I mean, I started saying that way back when, when I loved the movie. And it's just carried on over into my life personally and professionally and everything. So. And scientifically, tomorrow is... Indeed, another That is day. true, yes. That's science. It's a fact-based statement. It, it is, thank you. <laughs> um, all right, so let's get started with some questions. And um, I'm going to start with the last question first because this will maybe better um, illustrate or help describe what it is your, your organizations are all about. So give me your best elevator speech um, regarding your organization, what it is you're trying to accomplish, what is the message you'd like to get out to all stakeholders in Fauquier County about your, the folks that you work with? Okay, well, I'll go first. And the Fauquier Education Association is all about helping the members in our schools um, who work with students, whether it's the bus drivers, the food nutrition workers, the educators, whether it's the office staff. It can be up here in um, HR. It can be anybody that works with a kid. We always say anyone that works with a kid in any faucet is someone that we support and that we work for. And the Education Association FOC here is geared towards um, helping teachers like compensation, helping teachers get benefits, helping teachers with what they need in their classrooms, helping teachers just feel supported in their field. And we are working at getting our message out there, um, connecting our educators so that they are getting the 
um, supports and benefits from the Virginia Education Association, our home base, and getting to the professional development conferences, going to the delegate assembly, um, getting out there and talking to the delegates and getting out there and talking to the senators and the people that are on the board of supervisors and the school board and making sure that their message is heard and we're trying to just be a collective voice for all of those people so that we can do what's best for our members and in education as a whole. Great, all right, well said. Thank you. Jen, your turn. So our group Advocating for Change got started um, after the winter public hearing with the Board of County Supervisors, and it really began as a platform for teachers to come together to organize, to share stories, and to have a voice in this compensation issue. I'll, I'll use the word issue, that's a pretty light word. And to make it okay for teachers to stand up and say, Enough is enough. What are we doing for our children? What are we? no longer going to do for a school district that does not appear to financially support what we bring to the table. In a nutshell, and again, I don't speak, I do not speak for every employee in Fauquier County. I just want to put that out there as a disclaimer. I'm one person. This is my opinion. This is the opinion of my coworker Sharon Mellon and the opinion of a lot of people that um, have joined with this group with the shirts around town. But again, I'm one person. In our opinion, we are hemorrhaging talent to counties 10 minutes away. That is a long-term concern for this county, for the children, and we are here so that we can stop that because we want to stay in this county. We love this county. I came from Prince William County. I don't want to go back there. I don't want my children to go back there. It is a different culture, so we respect the culture of this county. We want to stay. It is becoming financially insane for us to stay. So what are we as a county doing to address the compression issue in the pay scale to come up with a long-term plan? That's good. Well done. Um, Trying. You you did well. Uh, The compression issue, I think um, it does require just a little bit of explanation. What what ends up happening, it's actually impacted by several factors. One is... when you go years without giving teachers raises or any staff member raises and you have people who are retiring like at the top of the scale or near the top of the scale and we're replacing them typically at people at the bottom of the scale if you do that long enough you end up with a significant compression issue in other words you end up with a whole bunch of people who are are in that in the middle of the scale area whose whose, uh, salaries are being compressed because they've not received um, sort of a consistent pay increase and at the same time we're adding people at the bottom of the scale and as they move along and don't receive consistent pay increases you end up with compression that's one explanation amongst many but it is a real problem and it was interesting that I I talked to the guy from Vass who we're talking to about helping us out with uh, learning more about uh, what we can do to address the compensation and the compression issue he said something really interesting to me he said what you're telling me is what I'm hearing from, from school divisions across the state. They're having compression issues because they did the same thing you did. They weren't giving raises or they were giving you know, really small raises, and they went away from the step increases, and you do those two things together, and he said you got the same problem that so many other school divisions have. But 
other school divisions to the north who didn't weren't as impacted as significantly by the recession they're just in a different place because of the commercial etc so it's something that just has to be addressed so i'm glad you're here to talk about it but i wanted to get back to um the teaching profession just in, in, in general so i want to know what your why is this is the big this is the big question this year what is your why in terms of why you became a teacher and why you stay a teacher what's your why Oh, I think the why is just similar for so many teachers across the board. It's that moment when children's eyes just like explode with understanding and you get to witness that, you get to be a part of that. And uh, we get to be in that culture every day. Mm. I stay because I want to teach children that they have a voice in their learning, they have a voice in their life, and I want them to walk out of my classroom doors not just with the academic growth, but to be empowered individuals for the rest of their life. That's good. Very good. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Knowledge is power, right? And um, I'm, I'm glad to see that, especially when I've visited elementary schools, there's so much more active classroom instruction going on. I see it all the time. It's it's great. In fact, I was just in your classroom not too long ago. Yes, you were. Kids were, uh, kids were engaged. It was awesome. Warren, how about you? What's your why? Well, um, I don't know why I would do anything else. That's my why. Um, my, my whole family almost are educators. I come from a family that has more than 20 educators on both sides. And for me, education's in the blood. It's what I've grown up around. And, you know, I questioned that at times. I sort of put it off and said, oh, I think I want to do something different. But for me, it's always been education. This is what I've been challenged to do in my life and I really kind of took that to heart in college and followed through with it and then here I am and I the minute I stepped into my first classroom in college it was sort of an experience where it was is this really what you want to do in college type of thing do you want to keep going into education or do you want to you know do a different career path because here's a classroom this is what it's actually like and I stepped foot in that first classroom and that was it I was hooked and I knew I loved education, but that's really what kind of got me to where I am. And I don't know why I would want to do anything else because this is, to me, the best profession in the whole world. There are well, lots. How of, long have you been in? How long have you been a teacher? This is my tenth year. Wow. Mm-hmm. And all at Pierce Elementary. Yes. Wow, great. And I, I found my home base, and I actually thought I wasn't going to love kindergarten. I really thought that first grade or second grade was going to be where I liked the most. And then I started teaching in kindergarten, and that was it. I walked in the door, and I had my first week, and I thought, I love these babies so much. They're amazing. And you get to mold them and work with them and start at the foundation with them, and I really love that that part yeah. of teaching um, in that stage and age. So. Great. Tough. Yeah. That's a tough grade. It is a tough they're all, grade. They're, but they're all tough, really. They are. <laughs> we were just talking about this, Jen, before hard. we yes. came in about, you know, how's your year been going already so far? And I said, I have a great class. They're just different challenges are every year. There's just a different mix yeah. of kids every year. You And in kindergarten, you never know what's going to walk through the door and how it's going to go. Whereas, you know, in the upper grade, sometimes you already know some of the kids from being in the building. And you don't know in kindergarten you just kind of throw it in and see what happens which makes it fun can we add to this conversation though that there's obvious love and passion for what we do (laughs) right we're teachers but i do want to take a moment to pause and just simply say that the reasons we became teachers Mm -hmm. 
it is separate from what brings us to this table today. We will continue to love our profession and the children. And a lot of times, in my opinion, it seems like the two topics are easily merged. You love kids so much, and oh my God, you're doing such a great job, and you're awesome, and we don't really have to account for the decompression of ACL. Because you just love kids so much, and you're gonna Mm -hmm. come back and do this again because you love it so much, so we're not going to validate you financially and that has been allowed to happen repeatedly in this county but the topics are different Mm. it does not impact our love of children or the profession they're separate i'm so glad you clarified that because i was thinking that on the way here you know how how are we going to get that message across that yes teachers are going to keep doing what they're doing because they love the kids but that's a whole separate issue than what we're talking about and teachers their hearts are so big that they're not going to say no they're going to just keep doing it because it's what's best for the kid. It's it's what's best for the county. It's what's what's best for education as a whole. And that's um, those big hearts get you, mm. you know. But we are also at a point right now where maybe it is time for teachers to start saying no. Mm-hmm. And it is time for people to tell teachers it's okay to say no. Mm-hmm. And we are going to stop playing a guilt card. And that needs to also, I think, be a common message it is okay to say no you no longer have to take time away from your own family your own life to do something that you are not being financially compensated for Um, in private industry in corporate world you work outside of your time and you are compensated for that I don't know why in this profession that is not demanded it might have something to do with the chart Prashant sent me and not blaming women but this industry is heavily dominated by women Mm -hmm. I think it's 82 percent that's about right. In this county. It's 82 for 18, yeah. I think we are very good at just saying you're welcome and not standing up. But mm-hmm. I say no more. I say stand up. Let me, let me ask you this. This is a good segue into another question I want to ask you. You know, I, I've been um, uh, to a couple different countries and interacted with the teachers and whatnot. And their, their communities have a very different um, – Respect and view of teachers and educators than than we do. It's very different. It's uh, almost they're almost revered. Uh, why why do you think? I'll, I'll just read you the question as I, as I wrote it. Why do you think that in our society, um, uh, folks don't look upon the teaching profession the way they do other professions? Let me give you a really good example that I use all the time. You know, if my child gets a dentist, uh, gets a dentist goes to the dentist and has a cavity, I'm not going to go back to the dentist and fuss at the dentist, right? You know, the, people don't do that. They make sure that their kids are brushing their teeth and flossing and all that stuff. So that's a, that's kind of a really, uh, I don't know, rough illustration of the question. But why is it, do you think, that our community, our society, not necessarily our community, because this is true everywhere, they just take a very different view of the teaching profession as they do almost any other profession, it's very different, and I think it gets to the compensation question, right? Mm-hmm. Because if it were, uh, I think, a much more respected profession, and maybe respected is the wrong word, but if it was viewed differently, maybe we, it wouldn't be such a battle with teacher salary issues. Maybe it would be uh, an easier battle to, to fight in terms of increasing compensation. Why do you think that happens? Why do you think it is that, that they're just not looked at like they are in other places? I think this is a multifaceted answer, um, and I don't think we can get to all the, the pieces of it. Um, but I think some of it has to do with the locality of where we're at. Um, we're a very rural county, and 
you know, our perspectives are different than what you would see in a big city. Um, but I think when you look at that, in general, in society, there are so many distractions now um, in regards to what's important. You know, this is important now. No, this should be the most important thing now. No, this should be the most important thing. We're just bombarded by social media and, and things that are going on. And education is always there still. Mm-hmm. Education continues to keep coming up, and it keeps coming around and coming around. It's kind of like a bad cold. It just kind of comes back up for some people. Oh, they're talking about education again. Oh, there's issues in education again. Oh, they're still complaining, as they say. And for me, I think for some of us, it's the norm now for people to think that, oh, education is still having trouble. You know, they're always going to have trouble. It shouldn't be the norm. And I think those distractions are taking, those other distractions are taking away from our profession and how we should be viewed because we are working with the future. We are working with the children and the young adults in our county that are going to be doing the things that we're doing in the future. Mm-hmm. And if we don't focus on that, if we don't value that, then we are having the issue that we're having. And I think there's also the issue of easy access. Well, anyone can get online and get a degree now. Anybody can you know, look up how to teach their kid how to do math facts. It's easy to be a teacher. And yes, we've gone through all of the requirements, and yes, we're continuing to do professional development. I don't think people see all those aspects of what we need to do in order to stay a teacher, in order to be a teacher. They think, oh, yeah, they went to college and they got their degree, or they are doing this and that. They don't see all those fine details that we have to do in our profession. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, we show up for events and functions at school, but I think it's downplayed a lot in all of those aspects. Right. I don't know what you think, Jen, but that's a hard question. That's an impossible question to answer because society, I mean, you can't define the word society. I've thought about this question, well, since Monday morning, since I was invited to come here, and I thought, <laughs> I'm not touching that question. I, I, I can't answer for society um, at all. Do you agree with the statement? Do you agree with the statement? I mean, I made an assumption. There, uh, sure. I, I feel that this notion of like, well, why does society feel this way about teachers? Or what do we say to the population of people that feel teachers in Fauquier County are paid appropriately? And what I want to say is that's going to become noise. That We need to stop listening to that noise because we know what we do. Mm-hmm. The people at this table know what we do. The kids know what we do. Most of the parents know what we do. And it is wasting time engaging in these repetitive conversations from people who are stuck in the banter and the rhetoric that's not helping our cause and time is wasting and teachers are leaving. So another segue, another good segue. So what is it, and you alluded to this a minute ago when you talked about um, what you're required or not required to do, what you're asked to do and what you do do, like after mm-hmm. hours and so forth. What is it you wish every... What, what's the thing that you wish, and again, I, I can only give examples, like drive by our schools at an hour after school's out, and you're going to see in most schools a bunch of cars parked there, folks who are staying to work after school. I mean, that's just, that's the norm. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I, I've been married to a teacher or principal for 28 years, and, you know, there's, no, there's very few nights since I've been married to her that 
she hasn't brought work home. So I, I mean, I, I get it. But what what is it that you wished every sort of non-teacher understood about the teaching profession, understood about your job that perhaps they don't understand right now? This is obviously a 24-7 job. Everybody knows that. Uh, the responses that we've received over the past few days about answers to the questions we're talking about today. I bring work home. I work more than one job. I can't fund my own child's college education. Uh, these, these are familiar topics that come to the table a lot. I would like to say that our area of responsibility is exponentially different than it once was. So for example, society oh, is changing. Schools are on the front lines of mental health in our youth, physical and emotional disabilities, hunger, homelessness, gun violence, you name a societal ill, and we, school employees, we are the front lines of that. And that, my friends, is not in the job description that I downloaded from HR defining an elementary school classroom teacher. So times have drastically changed, and uh, those are the conversations that I would like to engage in at a table, not why society poo-poos teachers or why people can continue to think that teachers make enough money. Those people are no longer invited to my conversational table. They should no longer be invited to your table. And if they are there, we, it might be time to do something about that. Yeah. Uh, let me tell you, I'm, I'm one part of your statement that gave me goosebumps. Um, I'll just tell you that, uh, Volmer, uh, did a study about everything that's been added to education since 1900. And it's, it's an unbelievable list. I mean, when public education was started, it was about learning about civics and math, you know, and that was it. If you look at everything that's been added since 1900, it's no wonder that teachers and administrators feel this intense pressure to cover everything because it's two miles wide and an inch deep. It's, it's, you got to, you know, it's everything that's been added since 1900. And it's, they're all good things. Don't get me wrong, but it's CTE, driver's ed, health, sex ed, um, you know, you name it. And now, most recently, it's youth mental health, which, again, is very important, very important topic. But it takes everyone to deal with this. When I was, in, when I was a teacher, the big topic was a teenage pregnancy. That was the big issue. STDs, what are you doing about it at schools? How are you addressing this problem? You need to give condoms out in the nurse's station. That was the big thing, right? right. And then most recently, it's been you know the drug issues. That's again, and we and we have a actually very positive, I think, conversation here with our school community or the community in general about the drug issue and how we what we can do together to help. But you can't with all of these pieces. You can't just look at the schools and say, "What are you doing, schools, to fix this problem?" It takes everyone to fix the problem. But I think you're right. What's happened is, in many cases, the schools just kind of they've just taken it all on, and what ends up happening is you're you're not doing any one thing really, really well. You're just you're dressing these pieces, and at the same time, trying to teach the 1865 standards that we have in Virginia, and that's a lot. Maybe. So it's like, where does the time? The one thing we do control in education is time. That's about it. We control 7:30 to 3:30. That's pretty much it. What happens after that? We think we might control it, but we really don't. No, you do not. Yeah, yeah it's they. Like, kids are going home, and they're going home to their lives with their with their families. It's very different. All right, I'm running out of time, but I do have a couple other questions I want to throw out at you. So, th there's no question that our our salaries has has been evidenced in the in every budget discussion since I've been here are lagging behind significantly 
particularly the folks to our north, right? So it's, and that's who we typically lose teachers to who are moving, who aren't leaving the teaching profession, they're staying in the teaching profession, but they're moving school divisions. They are typically going to the schools in the north, okay, to make more money. That's basically how, I'm, I'm generalizing a little bit, but not too much. But that's, the folks that leave us, they're going there. They don't go south, okay, they usually go north. Um, that's just kind of, kind of what it happens what happens beyond the obvious which is we lose teachers good teachers that wasn't obvious though this has been obvious to me since i was in green county and we were losing teachers to albemarle i mean it's everything is relative okay when i was in louisa we lost teachers to hanover when i was in green we lost teachers to albemarle in Fauquier, we're losing teachers to prince william loudon etc but beyond the salary piece which is clear okay we got that it's clear now uh what are the other impacts to teachers? What, what, how else are they impacted? You've alluded to it a little bit, right? But beyond just the money piece, how else are our schools and our teachers impacted by losing folks to the north or just folks looking to the north and seeing that they can make ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 more per year? What are, the, what are the impacts? I think the morale really suffers because of it. You know, you get a building where you have great people and you're working together for a year and then you've got five people leaving the next year and then you're starting all over again to build that camaraderie in your school system and your in your schools bases and I think it's really challenging to get to know new people every year and work with them every day every year and that's something that happens in every job but when you work as closely as you do in the school system and you're working with people's lives children's lives kids lives I think that it is so much more personal mm-hmm. and the pe- the fact that people are le- are leaving it's disheartening to the teachers as well um they really struggle with the fact that this person is leaving but i can't or i don't want to i want to stay here um i think people often feel guilty about still staying when they could be going to other places sure. they want to be here um so i think that uh, you know, there's several different things. I think that the turnover is just more than what anybody would really realize what it is um, in Fauquier County. Um, I've seen a lot of it in my building, but I don't know if other buildings see it as much. Yeah, and I yeah. know that the general public don't realize how many teachers actually leave mm-hmm. in a school system. So I think that there is a lot of struggle with teachers and what's happening in their buildings when they have people moving to other counties or going to other counties and then the school system is taking the brunt of those costs because then we're training and developing teachers to be here and then they're leaving and so we've lost money and now we're paying money for more teachers to come here and the amount of time and effort and resources that are used to find teachers we still don't have full school buildings Mm. we're still lacking teachers in a lot of buildings educators support staff um, bus drivers those types of things so i think that when we lose all those resources it really cuts down on what we could be doing the potential that we have for Fauquier county right the word that was shared um, with advocating for change was that it's destabilizing and that's a pretty powerful word if you really think that through that Due to the turnover, your school buildings are unstable, um, and that's a ripple effect that will ripple through to the classrooms and then to your individual students. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I'm going to give you the last word on this, both of you. Uh, we only got a couple minutes before our last segment, which you don't even have to be here for, so good, congratulations to you. <laughs> uh, 
any last comments? I mean, obviously, this has been a very candid, um, hard-hitting conversation, and that's cool. That's the way it ought to be. You know, we, you never, you, you're never going to move any organization or any, any, any meaningful organization forward without having tough conversations and facing the harsh realities. That's just a fact, and we don't, we don't always have to agree on all the facts, etc. But you got to face them. You got to, you have to discuss them. Uh, so any any last comments um, before I kick you out of my office? Go ahead. <laughs> well, um, one of the things that uh, I think a lot of people don't know is, yes, teachers get paid a set salary, and we did just get our 3% raise, but the National Education Association on their website has the salary calculator. And I don't know, Jen, if you've ever seen this or done it. I've seen and it. you you put in your salary and you put in the hours that you work each day and then how many days you work a year, and then it calculates what your salary your take-home is supposed to be. But then there's this whole section underneath that's how many hours did you spend in professional development? How many hours did you spend buying classroom materials? How many hours did you spend lesson planning, grading papers? And you put in all this time. And so I did this just the other day. And then you it recalculates your salary. And when I did it personally, I went from like $30 an hour to less than $20 an hour with all the time and energy that I spent outside of my classroom, um, outside of my professional work time hours, um, what I'm doing. Because there's no time really during the day when it comes down to it, especially at the beginning of the year because it's very busy. But you have only, you know, maybe 45 minutes at least in the elementary level to get what you need done. And the whole rest of the time you're actually working with the kids. You don't take a break you know, to sit down and check emails or do those types of things. And, you know, you have to do that time outside before, after, in the evenings. I spend countless hours every day just doing those types of um, managerial things that I can't do during the day. And so I think that people don't know those things. They don't know that teachers are spending an astronomical amount of time outside of the classroom. They hear, oh, yeah, they spend time, but they don't know the exact numbers. They don't know specifically what teachers are doing. I can tell you I've spent close to $500 personally just at the beginning of the school year. It's only October. It's only October. Just setting up my classroom, getting ready. And we haven't even gotten to Halloween or the other holidays yet, friends. (laughs) So I think that, you know, teachers are really sacrificing. They're really sacrificing. And the teaching penalty, as they say, for what has happened with the um, inflation of salaries. You know, salaries have gone up, but with inflation, teachers are making less than what they made when they started teaching. I have teachers that are, and staff members, who just, they don't make enough. They just don't make enough to do what they need to do to support themselves, to pay their bills. And they're working you know, a second, third time job. And we've all seen that Time article um, that came out about teachers and what they're actually doing. So I think that these are hard conversations to have, but we need to focus on, you know, how we can help here in Fauquier County. How can we make it better? Because yes, we are losing teachers. We are, you know, bleeding out teachers in some places. Um, And we don't want that turnover to continue happening. So let me read you the, 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 The cover of the Time Magazine article was from uh, Provided by Advocating for Change. Thank you very much, (laughs) Advocating for Change. Uh, Captioned is, I have a master's degree, 16 years of experience, work two jobs, and donate blood plasma to pay the bills. I'm a teacher in America. Interesting. 
I'm not read the article, but the the uh, the uh, cover should get your attention. Jen, how about you? Um, I have in front of me the 2008-2009 pay scale, and I have in front of me the 2018-2019 pay scale. It's a 10-year difference, and for uh, many of the cells, the the pay has gone down. Factually gone down. So bachelor's degree with 16 years in 2008 and 9, you were making $52,043. This year, you're making $50,655. That's less. I teach fourth grade. That's less. 10 years later. So all I want to say as we wrap this up is that teachers and parents, we need you. We need you to show up at every single school board meeting. We need you to show up in red. We need to be a voice of reason. We need to be a voice of fact and possibly a voice of consequence. Show up Monday. What date, Dr. Jack? October 17th. October 17th. 7 o'clock, Falcon Room. Everybody, join us. We sit down in front. We need you. Your children need you. And they want to know what you need for us to make a great Fauquier County public education system work. Excellent. Good wrap-up. We thank you very much for being with us today. We'll be back with the last segment in just a minute. All right, this is uh, Dr. Jack back with the last segment of our sixth podcast. And uh, no doubt about it, this was uh, certainly our most controversial podcast and hard-hitting podcast and sort of raw podcast, but I don't think any of those things are negative things. Um, I, I believe in being a straight shooter, and I appreciate it when people are straight shooters back to me. Even if we don't necessarily agree, uh, I appreciate people coming at me with how they really feel about things. And what you, you heard today, obviously, was some a couple teachers who feel very passionately about what they do, about how they're compensated, about how they're viewed uh, in terms of their profession, et cetera. And I really appreciate that. Um, I don't have any problem with that. I suspect there might be a few folks out there who do. Um, but, again, I believe in facing harsh realities, um, as, as Covey said. And if we're going to move um, – Covey or Collins, one of those two. Um, if we're going to move any organization or this organization forward in a meaningful way, we've got we've to confront um, – you know, we have to confront everything. We have to confront every piece of information that's that comes our way, and and every attitude and every opinion and so forth, and and consider um, where which direction we're going in, what how, how what our strategy is going to be, et cetera. Because what was pointed out today, and what's very clear, is that we are losing teachers, veteran, good veteran teachers, to school divisions to our north. Um, whether or not we can ever will ever be able to compete with some of those school divisions at 100% level is uh, extremely debatable. <laughs> um, but we, we, we must do what we can uh, to make sure we're adequately compensating teachers so that we don't lose them. So that's the end. I hope you all have a great rest of the week, and we'll see you and or you'll hear me at the next podcast. Thanks very much.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.